Uh, more yards passing, 229 yards a game passing versus 110 rushing. So teams have had success throwing the ball. Whether the Browns will have success throwing the ball depends completely on the arm of Derek Anderson, or should I say the head of Derek Anderson, and whether or not he can throw a five-yard screen pass or he can throw a 15-yard out pattern. Uh, I have no idea this week if he struggles as bad as he does against Washington, if we'll see Brady Quinn. There's no reason in the world that we we shouldn't, but knowing Cornell, I have no earthly idea if he'll put him in or not. Now, the offense of the Jaguars is ranked 22nd. Um, they score 20.7 points a game, and, and truthfully, you know, this is a team that has uh, been a little bit of a disappointment to, to themselves, to their fans. Uh, you know, obviously, they had a little bit of uh, of uh, you know, a turmoil uh, at the, the beginning of the season when Richard Collier uh, was shot and was paralyzed. I know uh, looking uh, online, they, I see that he has uh, been released from the hospital. He is still paralyzed uh, from the waist down, and, and uh, they, they did have to, to take one of his legs. So, so obviously there's been a lot of uh, a lot of problems with that team. There's been some injury problems there as well on the offensive line, on the defensive line. Uh, but this is a team that's still in the hunt. They're 3-3. Three and three. They're right on the cusp there, that wild card. And this is a game that they're looking at needing to win. Coming off a bye week, it's going to be a tough game for the Browns. Uh, and now going for the uh, finishing the cycle with the Indians, here's Craig. WaitingForNextYear.com Alright, uh, as Cliff Lee waits to find out if he will gain Cy Young honors this year, Indians fans wonder what's next for the Tribe. Will there be free agent signings? Will the Indians stand pat from this season? The questions outshine the answers at this point. What we do know is if the Indians want a chance at making a return to the playoffs this upcoming season, they will need another good performance from Cliff Lee. Now, the only thing left to wonder is whether or not Cliff Lee can put another year together like this year. Uh, And and I'll, I'll just leave everybody with a question. Would it be more or less likely for Cliff Lee to put up another season like he did this year if he wins the Cy Young or if he doesn't win the Cy Young Award. It's a very, I, I, it was just a question I, I thought of, and, and I, I don't have an answer. Uh, but either way, let's hope, uh, let's hope Cliff Lee comes back and, and at least performs 70% of what he did this year. Uh, now we're going to take it to the main event. And now, and now the main event. Main event. All right, this is Craig, and uh, welcoming you to the main event. Uh, tonight's topic is going to be Buckeyes football, despite the Kellen Winslow news that exploded today. Um, so we're on the phone. We've got Jordan Sherwood from ESPN 850 WKNR in Cleveland. How's it going, Jordan? Uh, it's going well, Craig. Big game coming up on Saturday. Pleasure to join you, as always. All right, and also from uh, WaitingForNextYear.com, as this is the WaitingForNextYear.com podcast, we have Rick. How's it going? Hey, guys. Uh, Jordan, thanks for having for uh, coming on with us. No problem, Rick. My pleasure. All right. So, uh, so Jordan, what do you think of the Big Ten overall this year? Well, uh, you know, obviously I think that the game tonight featuring the, the two teams that are the, uh, the, the, you know, the bread of the conference uh, with Penn State and Ohio State, I think a lot of people thought and had high expectations for a team like Wisconsin, a team like Illinois, but they've struggled at the, the first portion of the year. So I think right now you're talking about between Penn State and Ohio State, two teams that, for one, Penn State for sure, uh, in the mindset of a lot of people for the national championship, 
and Ohio State is definitely a Rose Bowl contender. But aside from that, I don't see too many teams that are noteworthy of, you know, top 20, top 15 rankings. Okay. And, and Rick, is, is there anything big that surprised you so far in the Big Ten? Obviously, Penn State and Ohio State excluded. Sure. Well, I'd have to say Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin traditionally is is a power. Um, their offense just absolutely uh, is a disappointment this year. Uh, I thought that they would have a stronger rushing attack. Uh, in Illinois, you know, to be honest with you, I know they lost a couple of players graduation, but you know, I didn't I didn't figure that they would struggle as much. You know, we we see a, a game like Juice Williams had against Michigan, and we think that they're going to do that. To, to more opponents than just Michigan. Uh, so Illinois was a big disappointment for me this year. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's still early yet, too. You know, Michigan State is a good team. Uh, Minnesota's been a great surprise this year. Who would have thought that they'd have had the turnaround that they did? Uh, so while the you know, overall, I guess, yeah, a lot of people are probably disappointed in the play uh, of, you know, the, the echelon teams in the Big Ten. I'd have to say that, uh, uh, you know, your Minnesotas are, are, you know, are a little bit up and coming. Michigan State, um, you know, doing some damage as well. But uh, at least compared to last year, a lot of people are saying that, you know, the Big Ten is actually more impressive because there are actually two teams worth talking about you know two teams in the top 10 of the nation with penn state and ohio state recently an article in the wall street journal said it would be better for the big 10 as a conference if penn state wins the game so that the big 10 has a second power team in the conference what do you think about that jordan well i i think i disagree uh, i think that the winner of this game is going to be the lone team uh, from the conference that's looked at as a powerhouse i mean you talk about the Big Ten and a lot of people thinking that maybe it's improved this year because of Penn State and Ohio State. But look at the SEC, look at the Big 12. I mean, they have four or five teams in the top 15, uh, you know, notable games this upcoming weekend. Uh, you know, the Pac-10 may be a similar conference because they have USC and everybody else. But uh, I don't think it would be better for Penn State to, to win this game or, or, or Ohio State. I think the Big Ten is going to lose because they're going to lose at least one team uh, in contention for the national championship. Ohio State for sure would be out of the equation uh, 100% if they lose, and Penn State is most likely out of the equation if they lose to Ohio State. You know, and on, that, on that too, Craig, it's, it's interesting because we hear – you know, national pundits talking about, you know, if, if Penn State wins this game, then, you know, we'll know they're for real. But at the same time, you know, with the same breath, nobody's saying, well, if Ohio State wins this game, then, you know, they should really be uh, considered again for the national title picture. You know, it, it's kind of like a – you know, uh, I guess a darned if you do, darned if you don't. You know, Ohio State can't really climb back, according to a lot, uh, a lot of people, into that title picture even with a win. And so, uh, you know, I don't know that it is best if, if Penn State wins, because uh, at least if Penn State, you know, if Ohio State beats Penn State, then Penn State will only have one loss. Uh, and their their only loss will be against Ohio State, a, a top, you know, six or seven team. Uh, whereas if Ohio State loses, now they've got two losses, and they're going to drop back down to 14 or 15. Right. Well, and I think the the other point that the Wall Street Journal article is making is that, you know, year in and year out. So even even if it doesn't help the Big Ten this year, if Penn State were to beat Ohio State this year and become, you know, a national title contender more consistently, 
you know, at least going in, because obviously Ohio State with Terrell Pryor at the helm is going to be back in the talk preseason next year, but nobody else from the Big Ten will be. So it might be good for the Big Ten if they had a second team in that, uh, in that talk at the beginning of the season next year. Um, but anyway, I guess we'll move on to the matchup, uh, the actual matchup. Um, who do you think has the edge? And I'll start with you, Rick, and then I'll go to you, Jordan. Um, but who do you think has the edge in this matchup, Rick? Well, I tell you, if there if there's an edge, um, I would have to say that uh, Ohio State being at home would have you know somewhat of an edge there. Um, I, I got to be honest with you, though, Penn State's offense is is scary good. You know, I was looking at some of their stats a little bit earlier. They have eight players with a rushing touchdown. They've had 28 rushing touchdowns already this season, and you know, nine players that have that have caught, uh, you know, have receptions for touchdowns. That's that's an awful lot of offense. They spread the ball around. Um, they do both things well. They run the ball well and they throw the ball well. Uh, so you know. If you're looking matchup-wise, I think, uh, you know, obviously Penn State always has a good defense, and, you know, our offense has struggled at times. Now, obviously, against Michigan State, we didn't struggle. Um, but I think that if you look at it, you might be forced to say that Penn State looks like the more well-rounded team. However, I do think that playing in Columbus probably gives Ohio State uh, the edge that they'll need. All right, and, and Jordan, if you could give me uh... – kind of your thoughts on the matchup and who has the edge uh, kind of from the perspective because I know you you follow the schedule of all the teams a little more closely than a lot of our readers might um, where they might be focusing on Ohio State you know a lot more about the week in and week out schedule of the rest of the teams of the Big Ten so if you could speak to the game on Saturday what are you thinking? Oh, well certainly and I'll definitely agree that Penn State's offense is outstanding I mean they average 45 points a game uh, they, I think they average about 19 first downs a game. Uh, they're outstanding in that regard. But Penn State, and, and Jim Trestle was asked this in his Tuesday press conference, who's the toughest team that Penn State has played this year? If you look at their schedule at 8-0, it's certainly impressive. You know, you play who's on your schedule. But Oregon State was uh, the answer. And I think that it just raises eyebrows only because, you know, Oregon State beat USC, and, and USC pretty much dismantled uh, Ohio State in week three. But, you know, Penn State, I think their advantage is that they have more playmakers than Ohio State. You know, they got Williams at one receiver. They got Royster, who's outstanding. They got Darren Clark, who's a great quarterback as a senior, sitting behind Morelli for all those years. But if Ohio State's going to have an advantage, it's because they have the best player on the field, and that's Chris Beanie Wells. Okay, and and so obviously I'm taking from your statement there that you don't think too much of the Ohio State receiving core. No, I really don't think that the you know Brian Robisky, as much as he wants to admit it to us week in and week out in the media, he's been playing sore this entire game, and I understand that he's got five touchdowns, but he's been uh, he's taken a step backward in my mind, as has uh, you know Brian Hartline. Ray Small can't seem to consistently find the field. And, you know, obviously the passing game has affected it. Todd Beckman was terrible to start the year, and Terrell Pryor is a freshman, and he's not a true passer. Uh, you know, Ohio State was, I believe, 11th, uh, last place in the Big Ten in yards per game through the air, entering the Michigan State game. They're now at six just because, uh, you know, they were able to beat the Spartans 45-7. to It's still an area that uh, I think is unproven for Terrell Pryor. So, obviously, when, when you talk about the passing game, you talk about those wide receivers. Penn State, you know they can throw the football and they throw it down the field. 
All right. Well, and uh, the last thing before we'll let you go, Jordan, I was wondering if you could speak to uh, the the Penn State run defense versus the two-headed monster of uh, Terrell Pryor and Beanie Wells. Well, I, you know, I think the very interesting thing coming into this game, and we'll have to pay attention to it a bit more, is that Penn State last week against Michigan, people will remember, obviously, they came back from an early even uh, early second-half deficit to blow out the Wolverines. They made a change as middle linebacker and inside, uh, or I should say outside linebacker, putting a true freshman, Matt Mutwa. And, you know, he's got speed. He's got the ability to cut the angle. And I think that's the difference uh, that, that might help Penn State get the win over Terrell, uh, Terrell Pryor and the Buckeyes because Pryor's going to look to run. That's what he does best. He's an outstanding athlete. But, you know, Penn State is trying to, uh, you know, put some type of stigma on Terrell Pryor, force him to throw the football. Uh, and, and I don't think that's the area of concern. I think defensively you have to worry about it for Ohio State. You know, they, play, they played well last week because the ball fell in their hands. They scored some touchdowns. But in my opinion, James Leonidas has had a disappointing year. I think he only had a good game because last week because finally – the defensive line got after the quarterback. It's the front four or those front nine without Lawrence Wilson. It's a rotation of nine guys up there. If they don't get off their Daryl Clark and he's able to move around the pocket and escape and throw the football, Ohio State's in for a very, very long evening. All right. Thanks very much. Uh, Rick, I'm going to give you the last word on this. Did you have any other final notes about the game? What well, you're looking know, for? Yeah, we were we kind of were talking or looking at the idea of uh, this being a really big game for Terrell Pryor, um, and uh, certainly I think that that it can be uh, only in the sense that he's going to at some point he's going to be called upon to make some plays with his arm, and if he can, uh, you know, finally break through and and have one of those big games with his arm, then I think. Uh, I think that that's going to give him some more of that confidence that that he needs. Yeah, you know, it was interesting reading in the comments and hearing Jim Trestle talk about uh, Pryor telling him uh, before last game, you know, if I'm struggling, you should bench me. You know, well, I understand. I appreciate that type of attitude that says, you know, I understand what's best for the team. But at some point, I, I have to wonder if that's not a confidence issue too with him. And uh, you know, we've heard about how he's a perfectionist and he doesn't want to, you know, make the bad play. But I think sometimes that's keeping him from making a good play. And so at some point he's going to need to loosen up he's going to need to unleash that ball down the field and so i'm hoping that uh, this week he gets a chance uh, to hit some uh, some plays down the, the middle of the field or, or wherever so he can uh, loosen up some of the defense too and craig just to add to that you know coach Trestle was asked in his tuesday press conference if he would feel comfortable if terrell Pryor was forced to throw the football 25 to 30 times and he said absolutely he would wow okay i wouldn't have expected that answer yeah. It's, uh, it's on Saturday. It's at 8 o'clock. It's in prime time. Certainly should be an interesting, uh, you know, litmus test to see where Terrell Pryor is as a player, you know, jumping up a level. Um, so that wraps it up for the WaitingForNextYear.com podcast. Jordan, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Well, they certainly can find me on uh, Aaron Cleveland, ESPN 850, WKNR, Cleveland AM 1540, KNR2, both them on the AM dial and also on ESPNCleveland.com. And uh, I would encourage everybody to listen to Buckeye Game Day, which will start at 5 o'clock p.m. on uh, ESPN 850 Saturday as we uh, preview the Penn State-Ohio State football game. Well, that's the podcast. We'll see you again next week. Thanks. 
strike three called ball game. This has been the waitingfornextyear.com podcast. For complete coverage of the Browns, Indians, Cavaliers, and all your Cleveland teams, log on to waitingfornextyear.com. Contact us on the internet. Thank you, and good day.